Hello, everyone, and welcome to the sphere of Netflix, the good, the bad, and the even worse. My name is Wolf Legg. My name is Barrett Fagan. And today we are reviewing the Netflix original, A Whisker Away. This follows a young girl as she goes throughout her life as she can transform into a cat. But let's begin with an overview. So the starting scene is pretty weird. She's at a festival and there's a ton of cats. And so we watched the dubbed version of this anime movie, which means it's in English. And honestly, the voice actor, her voice is a little bit annoying to begin with. A, but, a little bit? But you get used to it over time. No, I, I think it gets progressively more annoying as we go on. I think it's fine. Somehow the pitch of her voice continues to drill into my eardrum as this movie progresses in a way that I didn't think was imaginable in filmmaking. So the main character's name is Mio. She currently hates the world. She's at this festival, she's walking alone, and she meets a masked seller. He's honestly pretty creepy, and so this is how you know everything's going to take a turn when there's a creepy, pretty big guy who's selling masks. And so then it's just a straight transition to a school day. Mio's happy, and we meet the other character. Can His we talk is... about the, the uncreative transition? Okay, what is it? Just, we just most of the transition in this movie are just jumps. Like we just jump from this festival to the school day. There's well, no. It's kind of hard to do a transition when you're drawing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can still try to be creative at least. Maybe maybe put a little thought and effort into the movie. Okay. And so we meet the other character who she is madly in love with. His name is Kento Hinode. And so she is really in love with him, and she does these weird things to him, like a sunrise attack where she just jumps on her, uh, jumps at him and kind of hits him with her like back and she also just is like hey Kento how you going whatever but it's clear that he's not interested he hates her I would hate her too she's an annoying unlikable protagonist all right so I'm gonna you know disagree with that and say she's actually a pretty good uh, character but no during the festival we're going back in time a little bit She's telling her friend, oh, he was hugging her. Oh, so we're, we're time traveling now. And they, like, cuddled while it was raining in the festival. And so her friend's like, oh, you're dreaming. He clearly doesn't like you. So we have no idea what happened. So now another cut. This one's pretty poor. She goes to her house, and you just see her walking along the street, and she walks into her house. And we meet her stepmom, which is Karu. And her stepmom just you know, moved in, is with her dad. And her stepmom has a cat. And so after that, we just see Mio kind of go up to her room, mess around, and then she puts on a mask and she turns into a cat, which is kind of weird. Don't really know how that turned. As all great movies go, you know that one main character must turn into some animal for an unexplained reason, purely because they can. Yeah, but the explained reason is that she does it because uh, Kento loves cats. So, Kento has a stray cat named Taro, and it's actually her. And so, Taro only likes Kento, only hangs around Kento, uh, you know, brushes along his legs, and he only eats his cooking. And then we meet Kento's sister. Her name is Yumi. And so, after that, Kento's talking, and we find out his perspective of the festival, and it turns out that he wasn't actually with uh, Mio, it was just Taru, the cat. And so he was just hugging the cat because he found her as a stray. And that was when 
Mio actually had found the mask together and put on the mask so she was a cat during the festival. So if you're confused, I'm going to clear this up a little bit. Mio is a girl obsessed with cool, popular boy Kinto, who is cool but also gets bullied in a way. And essentially, he hates her, but he likes this random stray cat. She is also the stray cat. Like, she switches. So she becomes a stray cat because he likes a stray cat, but he hates her, like, as a person. And so one of the things he says to Taru, which is Mio, is that she smells like the sun, which is an interesting take considering that the sun doesn't really have a smell. I guess it's probably poor translation error on that part. And so we cut back to the mask seller. So this mask seller is super mysterious. We have no idea what he does, but we do learn that he sells cat masks to human and he sells human masks to cats. And he's so, a big cat himself. And he's a big cat. That transfers from human to cat because he has it. He's pretty big. It's really fat. And like, so fat, we fat. learn that if you want to become a cat, you just wear a cat mask. And we learn that if, you want, if you're a cat that wants to become a human, you can just put on a human mask. And so we're back to school right now. Mio's talking to her friends, having a good lunch, having a little bento box. And below her on over the bridge, she's eating on a bridge, like below the bridge, she hears boys talking about her and making fun of her, and she's like, oh, it's fine. No, no, no. Oh, and then, apologies. And then they start making fun of Kento about how, like, Mio keeps on, like, insult, uh, keeps on going after him, and he just is blah, blah, all this, all that, and just insulting him. And <laughs> she stands on top of the bridge and jumps towards the boys through a tree, breaking multiple branches, somehow doesn't get hurt, to confront the guys for making fun of Hinode, or also Kento. This was an emotional roller coaster of a scene, and it quickly went from my favorite to least favorite part of this entire movie. Our main character, Mio, stands on top of this giant bridge, ready to jump down and pounce on these punks for making fun of the love of her life. As she jumps, a thrill rushed from my feet all the way up to my head. I was so excited this movie was gonna be over as soon as she splattered against that concrete. Somehow, some way, this girl is magic and, like, falls through this tree in a way that she doesn't die. I don't know how she does it. It's like Tarzan. She, she gets decently hurt, but she sticks the landing, and that was really depressing for me. Yeah, like a cat, she lands on all fours. Again, she's used to being a cat, so it makes sense. And so because she used all of her hands to land and her feet, she dropped her bento box and it spilled all over the ground. She stands up for Kento, and she, you know, says to the guys that, you know, you can't be making fun of him, et cetera, et cetera. And he comes out of nowhere, and he takes her to the nurse's office, and he also offers to give her some of his bento box. And this is a big step because she wants to try his cooking, not as a cat, but as an actual human. And so he gives her boiled potatoes. And so what's interesting about the scene is that her mom used to make her boiled potatoes, before she left the household, and it was her favorite meal. And so no other boiled potatoes have ever come close to the boiled potatoes she's had. And these boiled potatoes he gave her were actually just super delicious for her. And the cringiest moment of the movie happened right there, where she crawls to the top of a fence and yells that his potatoes are salty and tasty. They laugh, but it's not funny at all. It's so cringe, it actually just, it just made me want to stop the movie. Um, and she just keeps yelling. 
uh, and for some reason they like that. I don't know, Bear. Do you have any commentary on that? I really try. I really try to blame all of the bad, unfunny jokes of this movie on the dub. I really want to, but I don't think that it's applicable to this one, mm-hmm. purely because of how dumb it is. I think that is, it was an unnecessary scene to begin with, and unfunny. But also, the thing I dislike about this scene is that this, like, guy just hates Mio, like, doesn't like her. She, like, constantly annoys him. And then she does something really crazy, like, crazy, crazy, like, cuckoo, to defend his honor for whatever reason. And he, like, doesn't want her to do that. But now, all of a sudden, sudden he's like, oh, yeah, that's chill. Like, you're, you're cool now. What? So she had scraped her leg on the fall down from the tree. She goes home. Her stepmom's like, oh, my God, are you okay? And she's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And what we see is from the stepmom's phone, her real mother was actually texting her and, like, saying abusive things, like, you're not her real stepmom, let me step into the picture. And so we learned that Mio's mom is actually pretty mean and abusive, I guess. And so Mio tries to escape, and she transforms into a cat, and she goes back to Kento's house, like always, and she overhears that they cannot afford the ceramic studio. So Kento loves being a potter. His grandfather was a potter. And he really, really badly wanted to, you know, go into this world of ceramics. But because they couldn't afford it and they wanted to send him to preparatory school, they have to sell the studio. And so he's making poetry at night right now and he sees Taro and he sees that her leg is injured like the same one as Mio's. And so he's really confused, but he's like, that's interesting. And he starts to talk about Mio and he's really jealous of her because she can speak her mind all the time and say what whatever she wants, but he can't seem to build up the nerve to tell his parents that he doesn't want to go to preparatory school, but he wants to be like his grandfather, and he wants to do pottery. Okay, after that, we learn that he can't go to high school anymore because he can't afford it. And so she comes back home after, you know, retransforming into a human, and she overhears that her parents are in her room talking about her, saying, I think she's been sneaking out at night. We don't know where she is. And so she's like, oh, no, I was just on the roof. I just like being on the roof and whatever. So pretty bad excuse, but parents are, like, fine. Now, what happens when they don't see her in a room at night and then they come to check the roof and she's just not there? Well, it doesn't really matter anymore because the next school day, uh, it turns out Mio gave Kento a letter expressing her true feelings for him. And so the reason why she does all these sunrise attacks, which is when she like butt bumps him, I guess, is because he quote unquote says she smells like the sun when she's Taro. So she's trying to express that to him. But a schoolboy takes it from her, steals it and starts reading it out loud. And so Kento arguably is incredibly embarrassed like any person would be after someone reads out another person's love letter to you in front of the entire class. And he says he hates Mio. And he uh, crumbles the letter, and he's like, I hate you, I hate you, you're so embarrassing, why do you do this to me, yada, yada, yada. And so Mio just breaks, and she just goes home, and she just takes it out on her stepmom. She's yelling, like, you're not my real mom, whatever, because all this pent-up anger. And Mio was kind of the biggest op of this movie. I like the stepmom. The stepmom was nice. Yeah, she's nice. She didn't do anything. She was just trying to assimilate to the family and 
act like a real mother figure, and then and then Mio's over here. You're not my mom. And, well, and what? Mio's also complaining that why does she always have to pretend to be happy? Because her stepmom asks, "Hey, why are you always pretending to be happy around me? You could be your true self." And she's like, "Well, I'm not happy. That's a problem." And so she gets mad. She jumps out the window, and while she's jumping out the window, she puts on the mask, which I thought was great uh, animation. And she like jumps through the tree and becomes a cat. And so she runs away. She's like, I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone. Blah, 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 blah. And she starts crying. And then we just see a switch back to Hinode, Kento. And he finds Taru. And he is about to fall asleep. And he tells the cat, I love you twice. And so what happens is Mio has this false interpretation that if she's an actual cat, Kento will actually love her. And so she wakes up. And the cat mask seller is there. He, throughout the entire movie, is trying to convince her to give up her humanity to become a cat full-time. And so she finally does because she thinks that being a cat means that she would get loved. Bro is essentially a hustler. Mm-hmm. The, the, big, the big fat cat man, he's, he's a pretty good hustler. Like, he, he'd be pretty good on O-Block. He's stealing humans' faces and whatnot. He's yoinking cat faces for human faces. He's trading them about. He's a pretty... He's a pretty hustling dude. I don't know what he gains from this, really, because, like, she didn't, like, give him anything in exchange for the the cat mask. Yeah, but now he gets her humanity because she gave up her humanity. Yeah, but what does he get for the humanity? He gets a human mask so he can transform other cats into humans and then get their cast mask. And so what happens is every time, we learn this later in the movie, every time he sells a mask to someone and or takes a mask from a cat like to be human. So, for example, when he took Mio's mask, he got half of her lifespan, whereas the cat that transforms into Mio from now on will only get half of her life to live out as a human. So now we're going back to Mio. And so she gives up her humanity, and we learn that Mio's mom actually walked out, of her, walked out on her life during grade school. And so... She's gone missing. Her parents are in a fit. They're really confused. They're like, we need to find her. So it's been about a day. Her real mom pulls up to the house, and as Taru, she can see through the windows. Who runs away from home (laughs) if they're missing for more than 24 hours um, and they're missing from their home is either a runaway or they're already dead. It's like 80% of people. So if I were were them, I would just go ahead and assume that Mio is dead because... I wouldn't have liked her from the start. Again, she <laughs> is your child. She was kind of, well, she was opping on her stepmom. Her stepmom did nothing wrong, and Mio was nothing but mean to her. And if I'm trying to, like... Anyways, Mio's original mom pulls up to the house, and as Taro, Mio sees through the windows that the moms are, like, complaining, like, where are we going to find her, whatever. And then they literally get into a fight, you know, fists are blazing, slaps across the face, there's a little bit of hair pulling. And eventually it breaks up, and there's we switch back to Kento, and he's actually looking for Mio, and he has Taru on on his shoulders, and he's been looking for Mio for a while, and he's talking to Mio, uh, talking to Taru, excuse me, and she starts missing his words. There's like a little bit of quietness. We miss what, whatever he's saying, and. She's really confused, and so she goes to the mask seller, and it turns out that since since she's becoming a cat more and more, she's starting to not be able to understand English because that's only a human trait. So she wants her humanity back. 
Now, Taru, or Mio, goes to school, and she sees Mio going to school. So an imposter has taken her face and just started going to school now. And she is very confused, and she says, oh, no, this is an impersonator trying to take my life. And so we also learn that not only did Mio give up her humanity, but her stepmom's cat took her face and became herself. Now, honestly, I'm completely down for this switch. I like the stepmom's cat. A little creepy in the beginning, I'll give him that. But, I mean, it was kind of just there. I really dislike Mio this entire movie. We get it. I'm fine with Kento Bento Box, Mr. Chef, Mr. Ceramics. He's fine. He's a decently well-rounded character in the sense that he has hobbies and whatnot and stuff outside of school and he is like a complex history our main characters is kind of boring like mio like doesn't have any hobbies other than being in love with bento box a romance isn't a hobby okay being attracted to bento doesn't make you like have a have a personality but the only the main thing that i'm getting at here is she doesn't want to turn back to human because oh no bento box is scared that like Mio's gone missing or oh her family's super worried and it's causing trouble with her dad and her stepmom and her stepmom and her actual mom and all that no oh my gosh I can't listen to Bento Box say that he loves this little cat that he doesn't know is me oh no yeah that's a great summary I'm just fantastic and let's get back to the story she follows a trail to try to get her humanity back and she finds this little gate and she walks through it, and she walks over the city, and she goes towards the cat town. The cat city, one would say. And so she's on this mission to try to transform back into a cat. And it turns out Kento also figured out that Mio is not really who she is, and that Taro and Mio are actually the same person, but she's just transforming into a cat. So he and the fake Mio go on a mission to try to save the real Mio, who's trapped as a cat. So they go to they go to Cat City, and he also puts on a mask in order to see the Cat City because you have to be part cat to see it. And he gets these little cat paws, which is uh, interesting because he didn't actually transform into a real cat. Question: Why does fake Mio want to say real Mio? Because doesn't fake Mio want to? stay as a human that's a great question but the reason why fake mio is trying to impersonate mio is because she thinks that would make her stepmom happy but because that the stepmom's cat is actually mio and is gone the stepmom's been freaking out trying to look for her cat and the fake mio realizes that as a cat she would make her stepmom more happy with mio in the life and the cat than just to impersonate mio you see the cat the cat the cat realizes, oh, maybe me wanting to be a human isn't as important because all I want to do is make my stepmom happy, but she's really worried because she's missing me, the cat. So she wants to switch back, as opposed to Mio Mio, who's like, oh no, I'm turning into a cat after I was told that I was going to turn into a cat. Can you believe this? What a scam artist. So they go, they all three of them go to the cat city, but... Mio is separated from the fake Mio and Kento. So they go to the mask seller's, you know, little hideout and location, and uh, they request to give Mio her face back. And so Mio meets up with them, and 
she uh, some cats band together to help her out and get there. And so she finds her face. She does the ritual, but she can't transform back. And so it turns out that she believes that transforming would only bring her pain and suffering. So she doesn't believe that she can transform. And so she can't actually transform. So there's this whole sequence of them trying to get back together and to capture the mask because the mask seller is uh, trying to get to them. And then eventually the mask seller catches up, puts them in a fortress to turn them into a cat to wait towards the festival because that's when they're going to turn into real cats. And so they start attacking him. He takes the soul of Taro and it turns into a little life force ball, but he drops it. Kento keeps attacking, attacking, and they're all losing. But then all the cats from the cat city banded together because they were the cats that were also abused by Mass Seller. And they help her get her humanity back. This was a weird kind of antagonist introduction because we're most the way through the movie here. And we haven't had an antagonist. Like we all kind of like can assume through like cinematic showings that the Mass Seller is not a nice dude. But he doesn't necessarily do anything bad up until this point. Yeah, the only thing he does is try to steal half of the life force from every single person that sells him a mask. Not that big of a deal for him to try to be immortal. And so after that, he loses, he's held down, they all escape Cat City, they all transform back, and Kento finally sells Mio that he loves her. So during the festival, there's fireworks, and they get on a boat with these fireworks, and they're rowing through golden reeds, symbolizing the end of a fulfilling life just like through Egyptian mythology. And so that's the end of the movie, and it's a super cute ending. Okay, I'm gonna go first for our ratings. I thought the characters were actually really well formatted and really well played out. I think the fact that this girl is now turning into a cat was a really cool adaptation through an unconventional means, and it's pretty cool to watch something that can't be obtained in reality be created and formatted and fabricated in an anime world. And so that's why I gave characters an 18 out of 20. And the acting, which is hard to judge, I actually just judged it based off of the voice acting, uh, which was not that much to go off of. So I, I gave it a 16 out of 20, but I think the acting overall was really good. Voice acting was good, but it just wasn't perfect. The plot I thought was fantastic. Having this new experience, it's kind of conventional in that she's trying to fix a mistake she made, but the fact that she's doing it as a cat and trying to gain her humanity after losing it is pretty unique, and I thought that would really added to the film, and so that's why I gave plot a 19 out of 20. Cinematography carried this film. I gave it a 20 out of 20. The animation was beautiful. Every scene had tons of attention to detail and finer details. It was beautiful. And then for the theme, I gave it an 18 out of 20. The theme was interesting, again, about a girl who is trying to find someone to love her and trying to turn into a cat, and then she realizes that's a mistake and that she can be loved as a human. So I give that an 18 out of 20, and my total score is a 91 out of 100. Barrett, what about you? I guess it's my turn. This movie was bad. I didn't like this movie. I'm just gonna get that out of the way first. It was bad. That's gonna be restated multiple times throughout my throughout my analysis. If y'all watch the entire thing, then you will look at my rating more accurately than just listening to Barrett's. I think you'll trust my rating. My rating's unbiased. Cap. Anyway, we started with characters, and I split this into two categories, mainly because I felt like being a little less mean. 
So we have characters not including Mio, and then just Mio. Characters not including Mio was a solid 15. I liked them. They were all right. Most of them were pretty well-rounded, with a decent sense of right and wrong and whatnot, and they all had, like, complex backstories and different hobbies and motives. Except for Mio. No. She was an awful main character, an awful protagonist, a selfish protagonist who doesn't learn any sort of lesson and still ends up winning in the end. Don't like her. Don't like the movie. Don't like her especially. So she got an 8. Main characters other than her got a 15. We'll average that out before we put it into the final process and review. The plot I gave a 13. I thought the plot was alright. There was a few holes in some parts of the storyline and a lot of it kind of lost in translation especially parts where just stuff just didn't seem to go how it was and a lot of different characters did stuff that seemed out of their <laughs> characteristic zone like different characters would do things that they didn't seem like they would do at the beginning and they would just completely shift motives I didn't really follow that very well so the plot I gave a 13 I thought the acting was bad I don't like dub movies the last movie we watched was fine because the characters did well but the dub was bad. Now this, there is no characters that are drawn, so the acting is only the dub, and the dub was not good, at least in reference to other movies I've watched that are dubbed. So I gave the acting a 2 out of 20. Wasn't good, really didn't like it. A lot of the characters had really annoying voices, and the voices like didn't match up with what the other characters were saying. I don't know, it just seemed pretty bad in general. Theme, a solid 4. 4 out of 20 seems like a good theme for this movie. There was no real, like, lessons learned, goals achieved, or objectives. It was kind of just, this one girl wants to date this guy, but she also wants to be a cat, but she also doesn't want to be a cat. She wants to be kind of a human. There was no real good theme. They put a lot of low effort into the theme, but with that low effort in all of these other categories comes one shining category, and that's cinematography. Cinematography, I gave an 18 out of 20. Beautifully crafted. I don't like anime art style. I don't really like Japanese cartoon art style, which is kind of the same thing. But this was a beautiful, beautiful crafted movie. I thought the art was really well uh, done. I thought it had a lot of thought and effort into it. I thought the scenes really matched up with the color and how the like theme of the plot was progressing. So I really did like the cinematography aspect of it. So in total, I gave it a 48.5 out of 100. A very realistic review from someone who doesn't enjoy anime. So as you can see throughout all of our reviews, we've technically stayed within our boundaries. Like Tall Girl, we were within 15. This is the only movie in which we have over a 40-point difference in our ratings. So take that with a grain of salt. It's a fantastic movie on my part as an avid anime enjoyer. And it's an awful movie on my part as an avid anime hater. So, if you like anime, this may be the phone for you. If, if you, you don't, anime, that's okay. Don't watch it. That's okay. Don't. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to The Sphere of Netflix, The Good. The Bad. And The Even Worse. My name is Will Flig. My name is Barrett Fagan. And we'll see you all next time. Please do submit any recordings and or movies you want us to watch. Also, thank please do not watch this film. Okay, thank you.